Hello, 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 guys. Hello. Oh my gosh. It is the uh, final show for the year. When I say final show, as in final, you know, um, interview for the year. And I am so excited to be here again with you guys. Uh, those of you who followed me on my profile page earlier on, um, I was trying to get ready. Um, kind of sort of a fail, but <laughs> it's okay. Because I, I feel like one eyebrow is higher than the other or something. <laughs> something off balance. Um, but some of you wanted to know what lipstick I was wearing um, or I was going to wear. And I decided that I was going to leave it for the show um, for Kako Tea. So welcome to Kako Tea if you're just coming on. Welcome. And I want to encourage you, if you are on right now, make sure you do something for me. You share the link. Because... We got to let this thing move. So make sure you share the link. Um, and also, let me know where you're from. Let me know who's on. I want to know who's on. Yeah. So um, welcome to another Kako Tea. I am, oh, I don't even know how I feel. I feel nervous. I feel um, excited. I feel, I feel, I even feeling pretty. I don't even know why I'm feeling pretty today. Yeah. But I feel pretty. I'm rocking my turban again for the, I think, is this the third week or the second week? I can't remember if it's the third or the second week, uh, or the second time I'm wearing it, but I'm rocking my turban and feeling myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want tips on how to wrap your turban, because I have quite a few different ways that I do it, um, let me know, you know, drop a comment, let me know that you want to see, <laughs> you want to see some videos of me doing my turban. I hope I have no lipstick on my teeth. Let me just make sure I have like no lipstick. On my teeth. <laughs> Before I start greening, because you know I always green on my show, right? So it's a beautiful day. It's it's Saturday. It's Kakoti. It's yours truly. Um, thank you for joining me wherever you're joining me from. Uh, let me know where you linked in from, because I really like to be able to shout you out. Um, but I'm so grateful to to all of you who supported me who stayed on every single week, who come on and enjoy um, the show. Um, you comment, you you share, you know, you tag your friends, you follow. Um, thank you so very much. Um, you could be anywhere else in the world on a, your Saturday evening, but you chose to be here with me. And for that, I am so fully, completely appreciative of that. Thank you. Today, we got an exciting show for you, like we do every single week. Um, I have uh, the lovely Mimi Raphael is going to be joining me in a few seconds. I would say seconds because she's coming on soon. And I'm so excited to have her here. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. She's sitting on, she's sitting in the lobby looking on fleek. Yo, Mima's backdrop is the bomb diggy D. I don't even know people still use that word, but I'm using it. Her accessories in the her ornaments and accessories and her, her like she her background look like it's out of a freaking magazine. That's all I have to say. And she is looking absolutely gorgeous. And um, she's ready to tell you guys her story to share with you a little bit about her life. She has a very very interesting life. Um, she's I when I talk to her sometimes I kind of sort of remember myself because we kind of sort of have that same like hustler mentality like 
we want to be in every and and we can do everything or we think at least we can do everything <laughs> but i say um uh master of master of none we master of all okay <laughs> so member is going to be joining us in just where they come and say at now where y'all people at come on people let me see let me see or am i not seeing it am i not seeing the comments did i turn on the comment section oh my god like can you like are you guys seeing me okay let me know if you are if you're not because i can see there are viewers in there um but i'm not seeing any of you commented i know by now somebody must have comment something so let me know if you're on and um if you are ready for the show i want to know yes so yeah put a drop a comment in the box below um quick time okay so i'm seeing some people on yes guys okay all right i'm seeing y'all okay all right so who's this um hi sophia how are you oh my god sophia is on and um jenny or jenny Jenny is on. Um, thanks, guys, for, for joining. Thank you so very much for um, coming on here and um, choosing to be on Kakuti. Get ready for Mima uh, Raphael. Um, as I said before, you know, she, or if you guys follow me on Instagram as well as Facebook, um, she is a, tra she calls herself a traveler. <laughs> a traveler wow uh, i love it when people call themselves travelers because because you know these people have been to places and neymar has a list long 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 a very long list i just want to welcome um at this time we dare man don't for it oh <laughs> we dare man don't for it <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> I love my followers. I love you guys so much. Um, I had to like read that a few times, but I get it. Thank you very much for that comment. Uh, letting me know that, you know, you can see me and everything is good. You know, because sometimes we have glitches. The last show, we got disconnected and then we got reconnected again and stuff. Shit always happens when you're having fun, right? But we always keep it rolling and we keep it moving and we hop back right on and we do our thing because that's what we do. I'm getting ready for Mima. I have, you know, my my faculty in hand. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing um my lip is called um it's Sasha Intense Velvet. It's not like those um those influences. Sasha Intense Velvet. Uh, it's called Showstopper, and it's available at the Glam in Rosal. So go to the Glam and tell them that you saw GL wearing the Showstopper because I'm about to start this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting ready for the show. Um, right about now, Mima is joining me. Um, and um, she's gonna be on with us right about now. Hi, Mima. Hi, JL. How are you, my dear? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing fine. Thank I'm you. So happy to have you here. Oh my god, I am so excited to be on your show. Oh. I'm just thrilled. I have butterflies. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm really, really excited. I've been watching you, listening to your podcast, watching your live. So I'm just so excited to be part of it. Thank you very much for oh, yeah. being on. And you look lovely as always. You too, my dear. I love that lipstick. Thank you. Thank you. You look like an absolute glam mom. Oh. Like, <laughs> thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, you look absolutely lovely. Oh, thank you, my dear. Love the braids. 
Oh, thanks, thanks. This one is called Crochet Braid, so. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry? You do it yourself? No, I, I went to a salon here, which is really rare because we don't really have a lot of African-Americans here. So this one person does it. So I'm like, you know, I'm getting this done. So I, I really like it. It's very versatile and flexible. I, I like it. Yeah, I heard the crochet braids are very light. Yes, absolutely. As, yes. as the regular. Uh, yeah. Hi, Linda. Linda is on. So we got to say hi to the people who are on. Let me hi. just, let me just, uh, hi, Linda. We're watching your beautiful self quietly. I'm in between baking black cake. Linda, why oh you my God. come on here and talk about your black cake? I'm like, <laughs> you know? Linda is like the, the option. Linda is, where are you? Whereabouts are you in? I know she's usually in England or Spain. Oh, oh wow. So, so that's probably where she is um, yeah. now joining us. Thanks, Linda, for linking up. Don't forget, guys, keep commenting and keep sharing that link. Mema is on. She's here. <laughs> and we're ready to get the show on the road. She is my final guest. When I say my guest, as my final interview for 2018, we're wrapping it up with a bang. And check out her backdrop with her Christmas tree. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you're doing Christmas and I'm doing New Year. Yeah, oh, that's good. Compliments each other. My background just I love I love it. My I love background it. was 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 like silver for all my shows except this show. And yeah. it's not, not that um well you know what you special you understand oh well, I feel good I feel the love I feel the love <laughs> thank you I changed my background it's this season as well and I'm I'm yeah. not a fan of Christmas decorations. Yeah <laughs> I love to see them but I don't like to go through the process. It's a lot of work. It's your girl. Yeah, it's a lot. Friend message. She showed me her tree, and she goes, "Took me two and a half hours," and I'm like, "That your business." Because <laughs> I know oh, it's so much work, and then taking it down and everything. Oh, how yeah. long did you get tree on? on oh, I used to when I was in New York, and we would get the real trees. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so bad. February. <laughs> Yeah, that that wasn't. Yeah, that's not right. Don't yeah, you wish that houses came with a section where you could put the tree and then you just slide it back in. Probably they should invent something like. I know. In and when yeah. the, when done, you just slide it. Slide it. Absolutely, <laughs> or just shrink it down and then pop it back up. Yeah. And yeah. And on the floor, uh, something yeah. needs to go on because oh, yeah. uh, for people like me who love to see it, yeah. I don't like and putting it up yeah yeah they need they need to do something about that Absolutely. just for people like me um we got Mema. Mema is on and i always start my show um asking who my guest is you know i, I like to know um you know who who my guests at least who they think they mm -hmm. are because mm -hmm. i think somebody is they might think they're completely somebody because somebody might think um um Loud more, which I'm kind of uh, yeah, something else. But <laughs> they might think you're something that you're not. You're not yeah. really thinking. That's who yeah. I am. No, right? It's Mema Raphael. Wow. Okay. Well, I think first of all, Mema is compassionate. I um, I wear my sleeve, my I wear my emotions on my sleeves. You know, I'm very empathetic. Well, I think I am, and um, you know, in life you go through a lot of different experiences. But I think the thing that keeps me, you know, grounded is my compassion. 
I'm also very enterprising, you know, very creative. I can, you know, make water, wine out of water. <laughs> you know, I can make something this small look really amazing. You know, I shop at the dollar store sometimes and I just, you know, I'm able to be very resourceful. You know, I, I have to compliment myself for that. I'm also a civic, I'm very civic minded. You know, I um, try to volunteer as much at my kids' school and help out as much as I can because I think it's important that we give back and we play our part in making the world better. And um, I'm multifaceted. I think I'm very multifaceted. I wear many hats, you know, like you, and um, I try my best to do them well. Yeah. Mm. On that yeah. note, let's make some tea. Absolutely. So Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Santa Claus got Santa Claus got nothing on me. You gangster rapped. Yeah, yeah. I I am a gangster rapper. I wrap a lot of gifts for my kids. I'm really good at it. When I saw this mug at my favorite store, like Will Market, I was mm -hmm. like, I'm definitely having it because it defines a lot of what I do during the Christmas time, especially. So uh, my wrapping skills are on point. I'm really fierce when it comes to wrapping. He's fierce yeah. when it comes to wrapping and she decided to put it on her cup. <laughs> oh, I see some people saying hi here. Can I say hi? My sisters, my um, fellow Tivo crew. Hi. Um, who else? uh kish kishma kisha remy is saying hi yes um, hi kisha oh, hi mava hi maureen oh my gosh oh my god look at them look at them they're coming on guys when you come on say hi we're trying to bring you guys up um as much as we can um and if you have questions you know save your questions so we can when i tell you question time you can ask your question <laughs> so we can get this show on the road when i spoke to Mama about sending me her bio, you know, once she decided on her dates for the show and all of that, um, I she sent me her bio and at the top of it, she said, it was very therapeutic. Why was writing your bio so therapeutic? I guess because of my journey, you know, leaving Dominica, my beautiful village of Thibaut and um, ending up here in California, I have gone through a lot of changes in my life you know, um, move into different countries, different cities. And I never, I've never sat back and reflect really on what I have done, my experiences and what I have been through. And I think that um, just allowing me to go through the process was really therapeutic because I look back on everything and I was like, wow, you know, it has been quite a journey and I have learned so much and I have evolved so much and I have grown so much. So certainly, um, it, it kind of um, gave me that sense of, I wouldn't say accomplishment, but like fulfillment, you know? And um, I, felt, I felt really proud. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know writing, writing a bio is not something that we usually do, especially mm -hmm. when we get you know, to a certain minimum and stuff, uh, because we, we update our resumes all the time, but our mm -hmm. resume everything yeah. already just our professional lives absolutely writing a bio you have to include your, your personal stuff you know in there and um I, I can see because just reading it 
he was just like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah. even the wild factor that came with me reading it, and you must have been, when you were writing it, you were like, hey, I did this. Oh, I know. I this, and look at how I did that, and oh my God. Yeah. yeah. People yeah. coming on, um, Melissa Bontiff is saying hi. Oh, hi. It's good to see yes, you. Yes, of course I know Mel and um, Kimani and everybody else. Yes, Anna Paul is also yeah. saying Nima. You got your hi. fans here, man. They, they, they're locked in. Yes, <laughs> share the link, yeah? Make sure to share the link so everybody else can see Nima just like all you, okay? See how I, I get <laughs> You know, and I thought everybody was Christmas shopping right now. <laughs> oh, people people love their caco too, you know? That's good. That's good. And and some people I know this one friend of mine, she messaged me and she said she was actually in the mall my last show. And yes. um she was I can't remember where she what she was doing, but when she saw the notification of of came up on her yeah. phone that I was going live, I was going on, and she logged in in the mall and she's walking and she walked into somebody. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like yeah. I was, and I yeah. Yeah. well. <laughs> Your show is that good. It's it's addictive. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you, thank you, guys, and and thank you for for being on. Um, Mima, Mima, you mentioned you grew up in Tebow. Tell us about growing up in Tebow. What were some of your fondest childhood memories? Oh, Tebow is very, very dear to my heart. I mean, um, from the time I was little, I've always had wonderful experiences and great memories. The community feeling, you know, it's a very small community and everybody really knows each other. Everybody knows each other. And that sense of um, com community, that's a bond that's really, really strong. And just going down, just walking down the street and having to greet everyone and say, good morning, Mrs. This and good morning, Mr. That. And, and you know, you feel like you absolutely have to because if you don't, your parents are gonna hear about it, you know? So it was a very grounding. I can say that it was rich in tradition. It was rich in culture. It was rich in values. Some of my same values that I carry on with me um, started, you know, got this start in Tebow. You know, um, being very empathetic, you know, caring for people in the community and working hard. My parents were um, entrepreneurs. You know, my um, my dad was an architect slash builder slash cabinet maker slash, you know, we owned a movie theater, we had um, a bar, we had a store, you know, we had a grocery store. So I, I always remembered connecting with my community in different levels, um, running down to the beach, you know, having activities on the field every Sunday, and especially during Christmas season. Those were the funnest, funnest memories for me. It was amazing, you know, you smell all this great food in the air and people boiling sorrel and, you know, black cakes being baked and gato and cows being killed and, you know, porks being, you know, smoking up. Yeah, like, you know, your parfume, the, yeah. the pork, you know, <laughs> girl, and a lot of shadow and music. And just, you know, and I remember my mom taking us to like Roso right before Christmas. We used to go to Vekas actually to get like registered mail. So that was fun. You know, walking up, going to the neighboring village and getting a registered mail, then going to Roso and shopping. You know, she would buy new drapes. She would purchase fabric so we can take it all the way to Providence for a wonderful lady called Mamie. 
to make our custom Christmas dresses. Oh, it was just a childhood that I'm so nostalgic about right now. And I know it's priceless. And sadly, my kids will never really experience something like this. But I have to say that um, Thibaut was really good to me and I'm so grateful for the experience there. Wow, um, Marvel, Marvel was just saying um, there that she did lots for older people from a very young yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to take care of them. I used to go to the homes, um, do the grocery shopping, you know, and clean the houses and just do things that, you know, um, you wouldn't expect from a, you know, nine-year-old or even younger. Wow, that is yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, then you left Tibo Dominica, because some people might be on there and wondering, where is Tibo? Tibo is in yes. a very small village yes. in, in Dominica. Yes. Um, and Mema left Tibo and moved. Mema left a small village in Dominica <laughs> and moved to a big Canada. Mema, yes. how was life when you moved to Canada? Well, you know, um, before I left Tibo, I suddenly made a pit stop in Roseau where I went to school. I went to Wesley High School okay. and that was a great experience. I could have gone to PSS, and but I just wanted to be away. And I was away at age, I think I passed my common entrance at 10. So I went to Roseau and did that. And then um, after that, after school, I graduated at 16 and I started teaching in Paybush and Penville. And, and then I migrated to Canada. And mm -hmm. I think that it was certainly overwhelming for me being in such a big you know, community and the culture shock was just like, wow. First of all, we moved in October and um, it was very cold, you know, it was cold. And I'm very grateful that my entire family moved with me. So my dad, my mom, my two siblings, my two sisters, Maureen and Marva, we all moved together. So I had a network and I had a support system. So mm -hmm. it wasn't as traumatic as perhaps if I were to have moved on my own, but certainly there was a lot of different elements I had to learn. I, I, you know, I decided to actually go and work at McDonald's. So I am able to, so I was able to assimilate pretty quickly while I was going to school. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I also went to an all girls school while I was in Canada. Okay, and you yeah. uh, you started working at McDonald's, so you started yes. working very early. Yes, two o'clock. I mean, from coming from Dominica and then moving to Canada, and yes. decided Mema decided I am going to work. Mm -hmm. But Mema, this was not your only job. <laughs> How many jobs have you held in your, and why so many jobs? Like looking at your bio. You mm -hmm. have done probably everything under the sun. Yeah. Well, no, I went as a student, you know, I decided that I really needed to have some extra cash. And um, working at McDonald's, I was a hostess. Mm -hmm. So what I did was on the weekends, I did a lot of birthday parties. So I would get to meet a lot of people, um, just get to organize the parties for the families. And that kind of gave me an insight into Canadian culture mm -hmm. um, that I was very proud of. And then um, from there, I guess, a lot of the, the jobs I held were part-time while I was going to university. I certainly wanted to make sure that I was always working because I knew that I didn't want to have gaps in my resume and I wanted to go to law school. So I was certainly um, working. I worked for the federal government. I worked for the Ontario government as well. 
um, doing working in legal aid and working in other legal aspects. And for the federal government, I was a labor market policy analyst where I worked with marginalized groups and disadvantaged groups. And um, I did that while I was in grad school, actually. And then, um, you know, because I have moved so much, every time I move, I have to do something new and reinvent myself. You know, so when I moved from Dominica, it was a new landscape, new country. I certainly had to do something different. And then when I moved from um, t Toronto to Ottawa, where I went to school, that was also different. And and so, so I guess every time I move, I have to find something that I'm passionate about that I like, and then um, get to do it. What did you want to be like as a child, like growing up? Yeah. Well, I. Yeah, I certainly wanted to be a lawyer. I um, did everything in my power, um, especially when I moved to Ottawa. I volunteered I, um, in the legal department. During the summer, I worked you know, with lawyers, with, with federal and Ontario lawyers as well, um, just trying to hone my craft and see if I really love the, 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 the career, the profession. And then mm -hmm. um, that changed you know, when I went to grad school then I realized perhaps I might become a professor. Um, and then I said, well, I pretty much want to be an advocate for women's rights and um, wanted to just, you know, with my master's degree in sociology, I wanted to do a PhD and perhaps help, you know, impact or leave my mark on the world and mm -hmm. helping marginalized and disadvantaged groups, especially women. Wow, that is yeah. very very interesting. Why was it so important for you to um, attend university? Because you seem to have gotten your feet wet quite early in the job. Yeah. Why did you decide it was so important to you to attend university? And why Ottawa? Why Carlton? Well, I certainly um, want, always wanted to go to university when I knew that we were moving to Canada. Because, you know, in Dominica, there are limited opportunities for quite a few very intelligent and just, you know, curious students. So when I knew we were going to Canada, I certainly did not want to go to community college. I felt like I wanted to go to university to fast track and perhaps just try to go into law school quickly. And the reason why I chose um, Carlton, <laughs> believe it or not, is that my family was um, very protective of me. You know, my mom, uh, you know, she was a warrior, like in terms of she worried a lot, you know, and I just wanted to be as far away from them as I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, I am very grateful to her and my um, siblings, you know, but they were just really, I mean, it was everything. I couldn't go out and I couldn't do this and I felt kind of restricted. So I said to myself, well, self, um, you're gonna go away to university. And first, you know, they recommended York. They said, York is just on the road, you know? And I said, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I, I decided I wanted to go to Ottawa, the next major city. And um, Carlton, it was very familiar because my brother's name is Carlton. I was like, oh, sounds kind of nice. But I looked into the programs and I saw that, you know, they had what I really wanted to do. And I just followed my passion and I moved, um, I went to Ottawa and I got accepted. And I stayed in Ottawa and it was the best, one of the best things I ever did. Because as soon as I got there, I just really just, you know, made it my own. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, Marva says she was a crybaby. Oh boy. <laughs> I did. 
I um, uh, some people don't know that, but I, I tend to be a little emotional. So, um, you know, I um, I would cry because I'm the last. I mean, you know, birth order. I'm the last kid. Usually, I always want to get what I want, and <laughs> you know, so I just thought a little, you know, you know, you get worked up. <laughs> I know I cried I cried I cried a lot you know but then um yeah so that's why especially um I'm a little emotional a little compassionate so yeah it came with the territory <laughs> so Mima you go to school at Carlton you, you you're done um school and then you decide you're dropping everything and moving to the states what happened? Well, I um, I was certainly thinking of moving to somewhere else, you know. Um, I wanted to pursue this program with the United Nations that would allow me to work with women. And I wrote for an internship. I got accepted to do the internship. I was very, very excited about that. I was really happy. And then I met my husband. I How met him. I met my husband online. I know. Yes. On the internet. Back in 99, you know, um, I was online trying to research PhD programs at McGill. I'm typing away. And then I got a pop-up, like an instant message. I'm like, who is this person trying to stalk me on the internet? You know, because obviously you hear that people come right through the internet and kill people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm not, uh -uh, I'm not going there. And then the person was very persistent. So he sent another message and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, this is 99 when, you know, you have AOL that logs on like, dun, 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 and you know, <laughs> and for some reason, I guess my profile, I was on there and on AOL, they only had like less than a hundred thousand members. So it showed that I was online. There's Vogue 747. And he said, oh, is that a your flight attendant? You know, because the 747. I was like, okay, that's a pickup line somehow. No. And then I just totally ignored him and continued my research. So he was persistent again. He said, you know, just guy here in New York saying hello. And then I said, you know what? Let me just say hi to this guy and just have a conversation. So I, I carry on in the conversation, you know, typing away. And he asked me, if I'm originally from Canada. And I was like, no, actually I was born in Dominica. And he's like, Dominica? I was like, yeah. He's, he said, oh yeah, I know Dominica. I was like, no, nope, not, nope, 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 not Dominican Republic because everybody thinks Dominica <laughs> is Dominican Republic. I was like, no, no, not at all. And then he said, um, no, I'm serious. I know about Dominica. I said, really? And he said, my father is there right now. I said, okay, well, where is your dad? He said, he's in Massac. And that was it. That was it. And then the relationship just went into overdrive because there was this familiarity, you know, that he was from Dominica. Dominica is so small. And this guy saying hello. And I didn't even know what he looked like, but we spoke on the phone all the time. We were very, very super friendly. And, um, you know, two weeks after we met my cousin in New York, Pearl, she invited me um, over and I said, I think she was having a christening. <laughs> Was that right? Me? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so she said, come by. And he lived in New York. And then I said, oh, I'm going to be in New York. And then, and then he said, well, you know, 
we can link up and stuff. And I had to know, well, he didn't know what I looked like. He had to FedEx me some pictures of himself because back then you couldn't email a photo or anything like that. You couldn't scan, you know, that was just the, the technology wasn't there um, yet. So um, I saw him and he looked really like a nice guy. I was like, okay, you know, I, I don't mind talking to this guy and perhaps see what happens. And then, um, you know, he picked me up and I saw him in person. I was like, oh my God, this is it. You know, he was just so polite, so respectful, gentleman, you know, just amazing. And I said, okay. Um, and that was what allowed me to kind of change my mind because in he proposed to me in um, three months. Yeah. Ricky, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. So, so you guys meet online, which is not the yeah. norm, especially yeah. at the time. Yeah. And you meet for the first time two weeks yeah. later. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, sorry. And go. then three months later, he's like, will you marry me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what happened? We used to actually travel back and forth a lot between New York and Canada. And then my, my parents met him. Everybody was very skeptical because it was like, wow, where did he come from? You know what I mean? And, um, and his father in Dominica, amazing man, you know, we connected with him. And it just kind of brought everything to a familiar, safe place. And he knew, you know, and then sometimes, JL, you have to go with your heart and your gut, you know, and when you know it's right. She's on her sleeve, eh? What's that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, mm -mm, I noticed, I'm a sociologist. I know the statistics, you know, I wasn't going to let this one go by, you know? Ah! So, so I was like, what is it? <laughs> well, you know, it's sad, but you know, a lot of um, black women, you know, um, I guess when it comes to, to finding love and finding marriage, we often get the short end of the stick. And it's, it's, it's kind of a sad thing right now because there's so many amazing, wonderful black women out there, you know, and they're not enough men you know, that they could actually create a union and create a relationship. And sadly, it has been going on for a while. I mean, the certain numbers, like a lot of black men, perhaps they might be, there's a high rate of incarceration and there's so many different complex or complicated things that make it challenging for African-American women or black women to find the partner. That's why at that moment, I just decided that, yes. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Or is it more to find a black partner? Because I, 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 I oops, you're breaking up a bit. Women, Sorry, um, I've found a lot of African American women or black women mm -hmm. are more interested in dating within their race rather than outside of their race. Whereas it's the opposite for 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 black men. Black men are usually open to anything as long as you're a woman. Um, and some of them probably would even give someone of an uh, of of another ethnicity a rule over their own kind. So yes. probably black women should be more open to. Yeah. No, absolutely. I have to agree with you because I think that we shouldn't limit ourselves. You know, um, black women um, should certainly date outside the race and perhaps find someone that you are compatible with on not only racially or culturally but certainly in terms of your values, your morals, the things that you like, the things that you enjoy together. Um, I, for me, everything checked out, you know? 
I like the fact that, you know, he had his roots in Dominique. I like the fact that, you know, we could enjoy a lot of the same foods, you know, I love the fact that we enjoy the same music and, and, and everything else. So, um, but I certainly am really a strong advocate of women, um, you know, or men, you know, anybody just dating outside your race to, to um, if you, if your goal is to get married or have a family, um, you certainly can do that with anybody. It's just a matter of finding the right match. And the, and the right match doesn't necessarily have to be of your same background. No, absolutely. No. I, I, I think slowly black women are starting to open up themselves to those options. Yes. Uh, especially <laughs> especially when um, you, I hear, I've heard so many black women complain that, oh, all the white girls, they take all men. I mean, like, there are the fishes in the pond, you know, yes. like, no. consider all the options. No, absolutely. Um, I always said if I had not gone back home to Dominica and met, you know, um, the father of my kids and stuff, mm-hmm. I probably not have ended up with a black man. There yeah. was a, yeah. a 90% chance that I would have not <laughs> no, ended absolutely. up with a black man. I was so open to dating yeah. other people. I was like, you know what? I'm going to date whoever the hell I want. Yeah. I, I, I dated an Asian guy, I dated an Indian guy, I dated an Italian for like almost two years, you know, yeah. so I was open to the option and we should be open. No, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not uh, like, not, not go, not stay there and make, and dry and get dry. No, <laughs> no absolutely. But, a white horse. I know, but you know, the sad thing is a lot of, <laughs> oh, you're funny on the white horse, a lot of, a lot of black women, um, you know, sh- sell themselves short you know, and wait for that perfect man that checks all the boxes, you know. Um, I, I think that it's important to even date people who are older than you sometimes, you know, not necessarily trying to date. telling us something? Is he older yeah, older? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and that helps, you know, because sometimes I think that men mature a little bit slower than women. You know, I mean, that's just my opinion, but mm-hmm. certainly... Um, I think that you have to let yourself just explore all your options, you know? And sometimes I think it's fate because when I look at how I met my husband, I can't, I can't figure out why, you know, it's just, I'm not a religious person per se, but I'm spiritual, you know? And I think that it was meant to be because we are so compatible, um, you know, it's just right, you know, even though he's older, um, it works. And sometimes you have to go with your gut feeling because in life you'll get the naysayers, you'll get people who, you know, question your decisions. And if you're able to focus on you and focus what you think is right for you, then certainly that helps. Wow. Wow. How, how much older, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, um, 12. Uh, oh, really? you froze a little. <laughs> yeah, you froze a little. <laughs> I guess I froze when he froze when you told us that he was older. Oh, okay. <laughs> 12 is not bad. 12 is, 12 is not bad. 12 is a decent. Yeah. Is, is definitely. Oh. Um, okay, so you, you, got, you left Canada. You mm-hmm. moved to New York. Yes. Because you said yes. Did yes. you say yes right away? Was it like no questions, no ifs, ands, or buts, maybe I'm doing this? No, I said yes, because I kind of knew what I want. I'm one of those people that, um, you know, I'm very serious, I'm focused. 
And I knew immediately that um, this was the right decision for me. I go with my gut feeling. And even though I'm, uh, you know, I may be considered a risk taker, but I certainly knew that it was the right decision to do. And I got the blessing of my family. Um, we got married in Canada. And then we, you know, moved to the States right after our honeymoon. So um, it was great. It was a great decision. And moving to New York um, was big because then um, I, although in Toronto, I was very much in the city. I was in Willowdale area and that was close to everything. But then moving to New York, I moved to the suburbs and that made it quite complicated to find anything or anyone. So it was a, a bit isolated. I have wow. to say. Yeah. So when you, you move to New York and then you start having babies, um, you have kids. And in addition to that, you've also managed to keep yourself extremely busy <laughs> while in New York, even without a job, right? Yeah. How did you juggle having kids and all of these projects that you were taking on? Yeah. Well, when I moved to New York, I kind of, um, you know, scoped the area and saw what I was passionate about. And um, it actually threw itself on me, you know, uh, my passion. I did a lot of um, planning for my own wedding. And I did a lot of the invitations and the programs and everything else. Um, well, I kind of not did the per, um, did the invitation altogether, but had an in, you know input in what it looked like. And then um, I had found my passion in paper, and I said, "Wow, this is such an amazing thing." Then I would certainly like to pursue it as a business. So I went on and um, wrote to the Oprah Winfrey Show and said that. I have found my passion in paper. I had a few clients already I was working with and and they said, wow, would you like to be a feature on the show You know, of someone who had found their passion? And I said, absolutely, yes, I would love that. Passion in paper, explain that for us. Yes, well, I just love doing invitations. I would create invitations for a lot of different people in the city, in New York, for celebrities um, in Westchester and I just felt like it felt natural to me because since I was little in, in Dominica, I used to create things with my hands and create things to sell, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just felt like, wow. And I started doing invitations and people started noticing me and word of mouth. And um, I just said, wow, it is just a lot. And I think I would certainly like to, to pursue that. Mm -hmm. And I, um, and then I went to, um, oops. What and then mean? I went, sorry, no, it's okay. And then I just wrote um, to Oprah and said, I had found my passion in paper. I've already have clients. I would like to be, you know, a feature on the show. And then, yes. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. So Oprah responds to your letter or her yes. yes, the producer. The producer, um, I'm still, she, actually we have friends on Facebook now. We have um, kept in touch for a while. And um she just said, sure. Um, they got so many letters of women who had found their passion, sorry, and wanted to pursue it. And mm -hmm. I was one of those women. And then, um, you know, I went to Chicago, you know, it was early in July. I was so excited and, um, you know, met with the team, met with the production team. And then I, I sat with everyone else. Um, there were a few other women who had also found their passion. And it was it was a good experience. It was a humbling experience to meet somebody like Oprah at that time because she is, you know, she's a guru and she's she knows her craft. And um, everyone wanted to be part of her her show because 
it was such a positive, enlightening, empowering experience. Okay. Um, just, just hold it one second. The laptop yeah. charger. Just the laptop charger. It's right there, baby. It's right there. Yes, it's really cool. <laughs> That's yeah. okay. He's trying to. He's trying to. No, you gotta, you gotta unplug it. He's trying to like make it stretch all the way, and I'm just like, it's not gonna work. You gotta unplug it. <laughs> it's not, gotta be on. Right. My, my producer in the back. You know? <laughs> oh. I think he deserves a raise. Yeah. <laughs> he totally does. He totally does deserve a raise. Um, uh, but he's trying to do it, and he's and I'm seeing his poor hands. And <laughs> anyways, we're talking about Oprah and the fact that something re- like they could have picked any yeah. anybody else. Yeah, and, I guess, and they chose you. I guess there's the power of writing. My husband always say, you know, sometimes I just I write from the audience perspective. You know, so every time I write something, like I write to a producer or I write to a show, um, or I, I, you know, I just write something compelling, I make sure that I knew who the audience is and I cater to that. Mm-hmm. And certainly that helped. And that helped me launch my business. You know, being on her show, I launched my um, fine paper and stationery business in Westchester County. I had two stores where I did invitations for everyone. I had quite a few people, even my own people from Dominica, friends from Bekaz, Rhea and her family, they would all come up and get stationery and invitations. And it was it was a good experience. I served quite a few people. I met a lot of people. And um, yeah, it, it was fun. And I was pretty young at that time, you know, doing it. And um, hired quite a, a, a number of people and um, just ran my own business. How did you feel like it felt it felt empowering because they gave me like Westchester is a very small niche niche community and they gave me the last word in the bridal sections you know of the magazines and I would be interviewed for anything that's happened in the stationery so um I became like a spokesperson you know for that industry and um, just being able to help people because people came to me because they needed work also. I hired, I would have uh, perhaps 11 or so employees, you know, in my stores and working and designing. And I love the creative part of it. I think I was more drawn to the creativity um, because of course I'm a very creative person. So I'm just working and doing bar mitzvahs and weddings and just everything. It was fun. It was a lot, a lot. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. Then what happened to that that paper? Yes. Well, what happened was the industry was changing. So even though I had a lot of stationery, I also carried a lot of um, paper gifts, like leather goods, journals and albums and everything else. And, um, you know, like mock pens, you know, fountain pens and calligraphy and everything. So it was not only paper, but it also included paper goods and items. Mm -hmm. Um, gift items. So the industry was changing. People were going online. So people were not really purchasing a lot of invitations anymore because it was just so easy to do a digital you know, invitation and email it to someone, you know. And then I started having kids. I had the first and I went through like the store, you know, um, did that for quite a few years, seven years. And then when my daughter came, um, I just couldn't do it anymore, you know, because it was a big overhead and it was a lot of work and it required a lot of my personal time because people come into the store and they want to speak to Mayma, 
You know, it was really hard where I could say, well, you know, this person can help you, but they want me to be the person they work with, design with them and, and work with them because I build relationships. You know, when I have clients, it's not just about an exchange of goods and money. It's also, you know, creating a partnership, you know, and, and the relationships were key. So, so that part of it, it was like, wow, you know, I had to be there 24 seven, yet I had a growing family. And then we just had to say, well, you know, we're just gonna have to say goodbye to paper, you know, and um, that's what we did. Wow, how was that? It was, it was sad. It was I, I, it definitely was your passion, right? Yes, and yes. You had to give that up. How yes. did you feel? Yes, I felt um, very, very. Um, I mean, it was bittersweet at the time because I knew that I needed to be at home with my kids and spend more time with them. But at the same time, it was part of me. That was my identity. You know, I was the, the stationary lady, you know, and um, I was very excited to go to work every day because I would meet so many different people, you know, um, you know, just a lot of people came to me and depended on my expertise to help with whatever they were doing. You know, especially I love working in brides. I had brides coming from Manhattan all the time, you know, and from all over Westchester. It was so much fun. But then, on, you know, so when that part of me was ended, I felt like I was losing part of my identity, you know, where I just had to become like a mom, you know, and and that was it. And that was fine, you know, but I think that a lot of women, when they make that transition, it, um, it certainly is not the most um, pleasant experience to go through. Because then, you know, you certainly want to spend time with your kids, but at the same time, you want to have a career and you want to make sure that, you know, you are doing what's right for your future and, you know, and yourself and improving yourself and empowering yourself, you know, to gain economic independence and to, to have something else going for you. And that's why I decided to just do other things. You know, I was quite taken aback and I said, you know, I think I'm going to just change course and forget about just doing my own thing and work for corporate America and go into finance. Sorry, I can't, can I, are you there? Can I hear, I, I'm kind of losing you a little. The resolution is low. You hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah. All right, so you gave up your um, You started having all your Raising your, your kids. kids. Yes. But then You're you found it. your passion in another form of paper. Or you did something else with paper. You became an author. What did you yes. have? Yes. Well, the thing is, I decided after I was done with um with the the store, I felt like um I felt nostalgic about working. I wanted to go back into the workforce. So I decided to go work for Merrill Lynch. And um, I did my, my securities um, exams and it was such a hard exam and not having a financial background, it's something that a lot of people say, well, you can't do, but you know, never let anybody tell you, you can't do anything, you know? So I said to myself, I said to myself, mm -mm. no, exactly. I said, I'm gonna do this and I'm certainly going to do it at my utmost best. And I did, mm -hmm. I passed the exam and worked for Merrill Lynch for a year. And then I decided that it perhaps wasn't the right industry for me. The, the whole industry was tanking. You know, the recession was going on. My company was closing because um, we're being sold off to Bank of America. 
because there was a lot of different changes happening. And I just said, you know what, perhaps this is the time for me to just stay home with my kids. And certainly that's when I decided to become an author. Well, I wouldn't call myself an author per se. I wrote uh, basically on demand and um, <laughs> I did, I did, I did. There was something that inspired me to write my first book, which is called, I Love the Skin I'm In. Tell, tell us a little bit about I Love. Yeah. Yes. Well, I Love the Skin. I mean, was inspired by my daughter who was having to have, she was starting to have questions at the age of four, a very young, very young girl. She was having questions about skin color because, of course, there were coloring and, you know, getting to know all her different colors. And she said, you know, why is her skin brown? And I was like, wow, you know, because normally kids, Kids do realize that, you know, they may be different, but they don't verbalize it as much. And I was taken aback and I'm sure it wasn't anything negative, but I took it as an opportunity to, to go in and um, to help share a message, you know? And I think the easiest way to do that was to write a book. I, um, I know that a lot of kids, you know, uh, marginalize based on what they look like you know, because of the skin color. And I didn't want her having a lot of negative feelings about her skin color. So I wrote a book to empower her and empower little kids all around the world. And really, it doesn't really matter what's on the outside. It, what really matters is what's on the inside. So it was a lesson that I wanted the kids to learn that um, please, do, you know, not don't ignore, like I wouldn't say ignore color, but don't put too much emphasis on the exterior and focus more on a person's character, you know? And so, yeah, so that book went out and a lot of people love it because um, I get a lot of messages that it's really empowering to the kids and they read it to them. And I wanted to make sure that it was what I wanted it to be. You know how you said you want to control a lot of what you do in terms of your edit, you want to have editorial control of whatever what you do. Well, I felt that way. So I created my own publishing company. I did. <laughs> I did. I said, uh-uh. So that's exactly what I did. I decided to create my own publishing company. It was hard, but I did my research and I found out that I could actually have my own publishing company. And I went with the same people that print the books for Random House and Chronicle Books. And I said, look, I'm small, but I'm going to grow big, you know, so I certainly want to make sure that I get the book published through them. And I chose everything. So I chose the hardcover because I didn't want the book to look cheap. I felt like if it was a book that was geared towards um, kids, I wanted it to be substantial. I wanted it to be a nice hardcover book. I also decided to make sure that the writing was bright, the color, the, the illustrations were vivid and exciting. And on the cover, Pinkalicious had just came out with all the sparkles. I wanted the little girl on the cover to have sparkles all over her dress, you know? Yeah. So I got that going. I had it embossed, the title embossed. And I controlled every aspect from hiring the illustrator to hiring the production company that would produce the books to just everything, marketing, you know, getting linked up with Barnes and Nobles, getting linked up with Amazon, you know, getting linked up with a distributor. I just did everything on my own because I wanted to ensure that that book got into the right hands. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and then I was telling you my little story and then you've gone through the exact same, yes. same thing. Absolutely. Um, so I know how you feel. 
<laughs> that is, but you didn't just write a book. No, no. And that book was very well received. A lot of school districts, um, I know a few, I know even Kentucky, one of the school districts there contacted me because they bought some for the kids and it's used in libraries. And I see a lot of sales during Black History Month because um, a lot of black kids feel that this book is very empowering. Oh, parents feel it is to them. And um, again, I'm always inspired by my kids, whatever I do. So my daughter, again, was very upset in 2016 when um, somebody who she felt was a bully, you know, won the elections, the federal elections here in the United States. And um, she said, you know, this certainly relates to a, a school environment. You know, I can see this happening perhaps in a school environment. And I think in order to empower kids and to let them know that, you know, it's always good to do the right thing. I think I want to write a book. And I said, really? I said, that's exciting. I said, I'm there right with you, you know? So we decided to write a book that was, um, it's called Danny Trample for School President, which is a book about a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for school president, question mark. So, you know, Danny was a little boy who um, decided that he wanted to win the elections in the school. So he did everything he possibly could. And there were other candidates, you know, who were just as good. But Danny decided that he was going to win the elections, you know, not, not in the right way, not in a respectable way. He was bullying kids, he was calling, you know, kids all kinds of names. He was... Um, just doing things that you don't really expect nine-year-olds to do. And he bribed the kids, offered them candy and everything, the unicorn, everything. So unfortunately, um, he ended up winning the elections. The principal was upset because, you know, sending the wrong message to the school. But then, you know, the, 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 um, the story ended in a positive manner. Don't yeah. tell us how the story ended. I think yes. people should go out and get Danny Trample. <laughs> president. Because no, I want Danny Trample for school president. I'm gonna it's it's available on Amazon, right? Yes. It's okay. available. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm gonna look look it up because I think <laughs> now I think I'm gonna get it for uh for Giovanni. I think it's it sounds yes. like it's a great it's a great message. It's a great it's an anti-bullying book, actually. So it's a great message with a happy ending, very happy ending. So I think you'll be you'll be happy to know how it ends. Hmm. Yeah. I want to know what Danny Trample. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your family. I mean, you've done so much. You've you've written. You've traveled. You've you've owned businesses. You've moved around. Um, but your family was also featured in Essence magazine a few years ago. How did that happen? Well, um, my dear cousin, Melissa, I'm not sure if you ever knew her because she grew up in Vegas and then she moved in with us. She had mentioned to me that Essence was looking for couples to feature, you know, um, in a story called Black Love, mm -hmm. you know, and they wanted to do a story on successful black marriages. And then I was just only like 10 years or so into my marriage. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So, of course, I wrote an email and um my husband and I got picked and they did the interview and they wrote the most amazing article about us. And the article basically is about tips that we gave or um, lessons that we can share with other couples or singles to help strengthen their relationships. And um, we are not the most perfect couple. 
But in that article, they also mention other perfect, other great relationships like Michelle Obama and Jada Pinkett Smith and and um, Ozzy Davis and his wife. And I felt, wow, this was kind of a really good experience that we had to share and talk about our story and how we cope and you know having a family and how we find time for each other. Because I think it's really, really important when you're married to not lose sight of each other because we get so busy with what we're doing and in our own little world that we lose that connection with the person that we fell in love with the first time, you know? So. Yeah, so basically just giving simple advice, like, you know, you know, always touching base and always carving out time from your schedule and um, just being present, you know, just to listen, respect each other and love, compassion. And that certainly helps. This year we celebrated 18 years. So I'm so grateful. Yeah. 18 years. 18 years of marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yes. So we we certainly take our own um, you know messages and um, our own advice. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to the to the two of you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much going on with couples. Forget the black couples aspect of it. The couples on yes. a whole. Yes. Couples where people are are no longer willing to commit for too long. Yes. Yes. And 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 some of us, and I say us. Mean yeah. in it. We really to call it quits very quickly and yeah. without thinking twice and also thinking, oh, there's so many options, so many yeah. fishes in yeah. you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. But I, I, yeah. Yeah? I guess you have to approach it just like you approach, approach anything else that you want to be successful. You know, um, you have to help it grow. You have to nurture your relationships, you know? And I think a lot of us tend to neglect that part of it where, you know, you nurture, if you nurture it, it will grow, you know? And I think that when we are at odds with each other, it's not an opportunity to say, I quit, you know, I'm going to do something else. or I'm going to where the grass I think is greener. Um, I think it's a sacrifice that we make and it's a commitment that um, we have to hold there and just stick it out. Um, sometimes though you have relationships that are just not working out and I would never you know, encourage anyone to be in a relationship where they're not happy. You know? But if it's the minute things, the little things that we can certainly you know, take care of and, and not hold grudges, you know, I think in the long run, we are looking at a very successful relationship if you have a track record of always making sure that you nurture that commitment, you nurture that relationship and bring it, help it blossom. Mm. Wow, so much, so much, so much, so much information from Mema. And guys, if you just come right now, um, don't forget to share the link. Uh, if you'd like to follow Mema, that's including the handles uh, at the box below or above. Just uh, depends on what you're looking at it at the show on. So if you're looking on a computer, it's different from where it would be positioned if you're looking. On your, on your cell phone, um, so you can follow Mema on her social media handles um, if you'd like to stay in touch with her. Um, uh, but I, I mean, Mema is, is such an amazing person, um, not just in America, what she's done in America, but Mema, you've also gone back home and done things in Dominico. What, what sort of contributions did you do or did you make in, in your home country? Well, um, I don't get to go to Dominica as much as I would love to, especially now being on the West Coast. 
Um, but suddenly when I was um, on the East Coast, I used to try to go back as often as I can. Um, I think Christmas time is a very special time. And a lot of the people in my community used to look up to my family and perhaps my mom and um, would bring Christmas cheer to everyone. So during the holidays, we would pack barrels and have gifts for every kid in the village. You know, uh, my husband has dressed up as Santa Claus, you know, to distribute gifts. We had parties, Christmas parties for the kids just to make them happy. My mom, who actually um, tomorrow will be the fifth anniversary of her death. You know, she was coined the Christmas lady, you know, so we certainly um, wanted to make it special. And also a few years back, I organized a reunion for people who are in the diaspora to go back to Tebow and to help contribute. You know, there was a lot of money raised. There was a lot of different um, projects that we started. You know, we helped organize a lot of groups in the community. Um, I personally was involved in helping to donate a lot of, um, we donated a lot of books to the library, um, give computers and just to change the trajectory for a lot of people in the community. But we realized that it's an ongoing thing and you can't just, you know, do and stop, you know? and um, my hope is that, you, you know, up. I'm sorry, I can't hear. I uh -oh, you up and you have to constantly be on top of it, you know, um, yes. they need something because then it, yes. it just, whatever you, you did, it just, it seems like it does not stand the test of time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, my husband and I have been talking a lot lately about, a different kind of program instead of just giving a computer that you know gets outdated in two years or providing you know um, library to the um, books to the library which i think is also crucial as well but it's important that we perhaps nurture relationships with people here we're in silicon valley which is an area that's rich in a lot of um, technology and rich in a lot of um, human power you know and connecting the dots and connecting people to a community would certainly help because um, there's such a big ecosystem of technology here. You have venture capitalists, you have a lot of different um, people who are involved in creating technology for a lot of people that we have access to, you know? So being able to connect these people to people within our communities, I think is kind of key because it certainly helps change the trajectory for a lot of people, especially the kids, you know, they're curious, they're eager. They don't only want to be consumers, you know, they want to be creators, you know. So we want to make sure that we can help make it easier for them because we have the connections and we're here. It's so funny you say that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember talking to my sister um, a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and uh, she was saying, you know, there's so many young people in Dominica who mm -hmm. are unemployed. Mm -hmm. and she's like um they're not interested in becoming doctors or lawyers or going to university to do this and that exactly. a lot of these unemployed ones are the creative minds who who feel like they cannot really do anything in dominica and the opportunity does not award is not awarded to them for them to leave so mm -hmm. they just they do nothing because they feel like they've they've They'll be limiting themselves if they go work a nine to five and they just remain unemployed. Absolutely. But there are a lot of young people who are like graphic designers and, and, and engineers, like yes. mini engineers and stuff. Yeah. Technicians. And just, um, yeah. 
having a center whereby you know companies outside of Dominica can hire these people you know i know yes uh, of course some of these companies may take advantage because of course it's a different um it's a different country and it's a it's considered a third world country yeah um, but help in terms of the economic development of these young people by simply pumping in money to help they do graphic design and they send overseas you know then a couple of different companies and stuff yes them i'm just joining the graphic design as yeah well. absolutely absolutely and you know but yeah. and and i think when you think of technology as a whole i don't think we should just see it as for the people who are more inclined to be like a computer scientist or an engineer um, a lot of the, the companies here in Silicon Valley are hiring people with English degrees or psychology degrees because you need people with those skills to be able to understand how to use the technology and how to market those technology to people. So, you, you know, you have content creators, you know, you have um, people with philosophy degrees and literature and, and, and English and um, multiple different languages because, of course, you're creating um, technology for people around the world. You know, so translated exactly. So if you are not a technician or somebody who is inclined to code, you know, of course we certainly encourage people to code. But if you're not inclined to code, then there's no there's there are other opportunities that you can pursue. You know, there's so many opportunities. I mean, here and it, you know, um, a lot of jobs go unfulfilled. You know, because there's not enough people to work those jobs. So even like. I was thinking, you know, in Dominica, we do have, like, I know Ross University just left, right? And I think it's a great opportunity to use that space as even an incubator. You know, having an incubator that's not located in, you know, um, one of the major, like, I know, I'm not sure what Jamaica is doing right now or Trinidad, but certainly Dominica is centrally located. There are lots of people in Dominica with ideas, no matter how small they are. But then if they get the the um, the advice, they get their um, the, the, the venture, you know, the VC money, um, they can certainly turn the technology into something that might be used around the world. So if the government or I'm not sure who might be in charge of this initiative, but if they can partner with a lot of those tech companies and perhaps see if they want to, you know, have some kind of partnership going or even universities where they have different um, satellite locations, you know, like MIT or, you know, even Stanford, you know, um, certainly it would open up a, a new way of thinking for a lot of people in the Caribbean, because I think, you know, when you look around, you see a lot of different um, countries, you know, you look at Qatar, where they have a strong representation of tech companies in Qatar and a lot of universities trying to have extensive um, partnerships with them. Why not the Caribbean? We're so close, you know, we are. Uh, um, yeah, we're close. We, we certainly can have an incubator, a technology hub, you know, in the area. And this would give opportunities to many people. I mean, you can, you know, a lot of outsourcing. I know they have a few outsource, um, but more customer service kind of work. You know, why not create technology here? Why not have people do, like you said, graphic design? You know, why not create um, written content? You know, companies do need a lot of help, especially tech companies. And a lot of them outsource to companies that are more known to them, like, you know, China and India 
and they do have a lot of skilled people. So getting up to speed in the skills department, I think that's key. You know, when we kind of educate a population, then we help the economy grow, we help, we help um, provide jobs and jobs for the future for a lot of different folks. Is that all you'd like to see get done? Absolutely. No, I mean, there's a lot more, you know, but um, I, a few years ago, I was highly interested in marketing Dominica, you know, because um, of course, when I just write a letter, you know, I would get results. So I wrote a letter to Nate Burkus when his show was in prime time yes. and said that my cousin Pearl was still in 40. I really want to do a birthday party for her. And he decided that, yes, for sure, he was going to, um, you know, he was going to have me and her on the show. Mm-hmm. And we chose the theme Dominica. So he had a party designed for Pearl that was all Dominican. He had the matador. He had, I mean, the black cake. He had everything. You know, he was full-blown Dominican. He even, you know, he's like, oh, my God, I want to go so badly. He had the accent dunk packed already, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was in prime time. That was on a national network. That was on ABC. And... um we were so excited because it kind of put Dominic on the map, this marketing. But then he reached out to he reached out to me again and said, look, they want to go to Dominica to host the show. He was turning 40. He wanted to do a show in Dominica, bring the producers, get everything done. I reached out to the um, Dominica, Discover Dominica chief at that time and um, CEO. And we went back and forth for, through many emails. He and I just went back and forth. And I was like, look, this guy, Nate Burkers, is like Oprah's right hand. You don't understand. This is big. You know, we really would love to have him in Dominica because, you know, let's put Dominica on the map. And they turned the offer down, even though, you know, the hotel, Rosalie Beach Hotel said, I'm going to host them. We just wanted to get the Dominican government involved and to kind of escalate things and make it more enhanced experience, you know, for the producers, for the show. So that didn't happen. So marketing Dominica. Um, First time I'm hearing of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, um, I do have all the emails that we went back and forth with and it was, I mean, you perhaps would have appreciated that experience, but the other people on the Island did not think it was, um, it was something that they should pursue. You know, and I know that it would certainly have helped just promote, you know, over tourism, just little little things like that. I mean, there's so many things that we can do and everybody has to play their part. You know, um, it's not just the government. You know, I feel like as citizens of, of Dominica, I mean, I, I was born there. I really hold Dominica near to my heart. I love Dominica. Um, I really want it to thrive. I know that there are very a lot of challenges right now, especially with um, climate change. You know, I know that we're going through a lot and um, I have seen it firsthand how devastating it is, you know, and certainly that is a high priority and something that I'm just trying to figure out how can we cope? You know, how can we make sure that it's not a deserted island in the next 20 years? You know, I just went to um, Maldives recently and they're going through a lot, too, with their islands, you know, that are slowly um, sinking, you know, and mm-hmm. they slowly, the sea level is rising. So in the next 50 years, supposedly it won't, won't be around anymore. So I could certainly see, um, I, I, I approve of what they're doing. They're creating more islands with a higher embankment, like, uh, I don't know, three feet plus three meters plus to kind of help. So they're creating brand new islands, taking sand and creating brand new islands, you know, wow. which is kind of 
yeah. But but they're certainly trying to do something. I don't know what the initiative is. I know that we're certainly in Dominica, we're trying to reduce the amount of um, plastics and straws and everything else that we use. Um, I know everything is going to take a lot of work. It's going to be all, all hands on deck, you know? So um, in any way that, you know, if I am able to come up with brilliant ideas on climate change, I'm always following the topic, you know, on the internet and, and trying to see what, what we can do as a people. I know here in California, we're going through so much of our wildfires, you know? So the whole world is really changing. And um, I think each human being should play their part. I mean, we can certainly start by reducing our, our carbon footprints, you know, and just recycling and just educating our youth and letting them know the importance of um, practicing great environmental enhancing practices where we don't destroy the earth in a few years. You know, it's very important that we, we, um, we are relevant and we're on, on point with our, um, our endeavors, you know, to help secure a great future for the world for our kids. Mima, you have some ideas. Like you, you are like ideas and an advice and, and energy. I mean, down to like so many different companies on so many different levels. Like I, I was so surprised to find out that you worked with Castbox, which yes. is like the the Netflix of podcasting. Yes. And, Absolutely. And you were heavily involved with with them. It's not just like I work you work yeah. part time or whatever. Yeah. You have like a, a really substantial position. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I was director of digital marketing. You know, initially I came on um, just, you know, filling the scope as a contractor. And then I decided to to go in full time and I had to redo the website. You know, I'm really good at SEO, which is search engine optimization. So I am able to get blogs on zero position on Google. So I was able to use my skill and I'm not a technologist in terms of um, having a degree in technology. But I have studied a lot and understand um, the dynamics of how to how to write to create uh, high searches on high ranking searches on on Google. So I did that for them. I also helped um, the, with the content within the app. You know what contents we could, should push, what contents it's it's you know is um, better, or what are our listeners um, what do they want to hear? You know. So I helped a lot doing that. I also redid the website you know, with the help of my Beijing team. Um, we wanted to put in a brand new spanking website and I was tasked with um, helping to implement the website. And, and that was a lot of fun. And I also, um, it took me a while, um, but I hired someone to do social media marketing for CastBox. You know, I, I had to do it for a while before we had um, someone else, we hired someone else to come on board. But it's such an amazing platform, you know, and just, you know, it's a small team, so we all kind of wore many hats, but it was um, certainly um, something that I was certainly passionate about and working on and listening. I love podcasts, you know, and just being able to help out with um, getting discovery, getting podcasts discovered, you know, and being able to sitemap all those podcasts, you know, all millions of, of audio files, you know, so... 
so it's a, it was it was very challenging great work and, and we hosted the largest podcast um, event in Philadelphia which was a huge party which I hosted for 1,000 people yeah that was that was really amazing yes I um I did that yeah because I love events I love parties so um when the we opportunity know, came up yeah you know. yeah we know that Mima <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what what's next for me well what's next for me you know apart from traveling and um just being with my family I'm certainly pursuing um two major projects you know I'm excited about those I can't wait um for them to come to fruition. Um, I can't say much about it because everything is still in the works and I'm still working behind the scenes. But, you know, being in this environment here and surrounded by technology, it's inspiring. Um, everyone here is just so supportive and everyone here is just willing to help and, and network. And um, it's certainly the best environment to thrive and to do something on my own and um, to see where it leads. You know, so I'm I'm certainly excited about about being here and consuming and also creating um, technology. You have a message uh, from your your hubby. You just sent a message. Oh God! Your wife. <laughs> She's such a wonderful mother and great community volunteer. <laughs> oh, and it's so funny. You see what his profile pic? Do you recognize that face? <laughs> That's so funny. It's my like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's funny. We um local here, so it's you just bumped into people every now and then. So yeah. you bumped into Mark Zuckerberg. Um, yeah, they did. He and my daughter. They were at the local um, burger joint, in and out, grabbing something. So yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Let's take a picture." Yeah, and he's like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But he made sure he told my daughter to to um, go into computer science. You know, really? and yeah, we'll see where that leads because she's passionate about fashion and everything else. But um, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But no, um, yeah, my husband, he's 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 nice. My family, I have to say that they support my all my undertakings, all my endeavors. Um, very supportive. Um, I think it's good to have a good network of friends and family that are just there to to drive you and to see through all the opportunities. I know when it comes to business, I'm a risk taker. I feel that um, without taking risks, you can't see results, you know? And I certainly embrace that character that I have and just go for it because, you know, the world's the oyster. You know, you have to, you know, just take every opportunity you can to leave an impact. Wow. Yeah. Mima, it was, it was such a pleasure talking to you uh, this evening. And you've said so much. <laughs> and someone can learn from something that or can be inspired by something that you did or encouraged to, to keep pushing through because you've said so much. And yeah. you've touched on so many different aspects of your life and so many different um, different um things that you've gone through and you're able to to have fun at it one is always you know don't do anything that you, you don't do anything that you're not gonna have fun at um and you live life to the fullest even being a mom even yes. being a wife 
you know, um, you, I mean, I follow you on Facebook sometimes a little bit too much. Check out where you stuff. And, and, and you are definitely, you know, one of those amazing black women out there. And, and you keep doing with love and loving what you do. And, and I'm so, so appreciative that I know you. I mean, I remember, like, I, don't, I don't even know how we became Facebook friends, but I just remember my mom always talking about your mom. Oh, yes. You know, would always, would always, she always mentioned your mom and stuff. She called her cousin something. Cousin Doan or cousin Madeline. Yes. Yes. I just remember her, you know, talking about her. I, I didn't really know you growing up or anything. And I remember when I moved to Canada, I think you were already out of Canada by the time I had that moved here and um it was just you know like when i think we spoke once or twice and stuff on facebook and you were just so encouraging and everything and, and i really want to thank you, you know, for continuing to encourage me when you do you know and when you <laughs> reach out and, and stuff and when you do send your little you know your little messages or your comment on 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 stuff that i post because i'm very like what to you got <laughs> and yeah. um, you, you definitely, is you're someone that a lot of women can look up to and look to. You know, um, you definitely not, um, not said no to any challenge that came your way from, from kicking your husband. That seemed like <laughs> something like out of you know out of the who does that? Somebody like, who I does know. that? I know. <laughs> um, you definitely know how to take a risk, and yeah. uh, and as you said, you know how do you know how well you are at something if you don't take the risk? And, and if Absolutely. You and I want to comment you on on all your achievements. I, I know you've traveled the world and you probably continue to travel. Where to next? Um, hopefully, I would like to take the kids to Galapagos Islands. Yeah. Because, no, because, you know, it's just, um, that's something that I enjoy. And the good thing is my husband enjoys it too and the kids enjoy it. So, and I really know how to travel on a budget. So if anybody need tips, please, you know, hook up with a sister. I'll hook them up. Yeah, you do your research. I do a lot of research. I, I plan my trips years. Like I know we were going to Maldives for my 18th anniversary. That was like five years in the making. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I plan I plan a lot, so I am able to get good deals, you know? And um, I mean, even last year we went to Europe and the tickets were only 400 and change, you know? So I'm very resourceful when it comes to traveling, um, you know, finding good tickets, good I'm prices. Gonna, I'm gonna check you because we're planning a trip in the summer yeah. um, of last year and um, we're, we're pl planning on stopping four different places. Yes. And I was Yo, you better just don't come and tell me nothing about no long money I have to pay because I'm a I know. <laughs> I know. I know, girl. I hear you. I hear you. And, and I have five in my family, so you know. Yeah. yeah. So I I have to try to see how I can make it work. Yeah, stretch right. every dollar. You know, certainly. Well, your sister wants me to ask you. I said you did not mention about your Vicas roots. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess it's. It's quite um, complicated. Um, my dad's dad 
um, originally from Vegas, Massicot, Lipson Massicot, and his father, Peter Massicot, you know, Tobino. Um, my mom's dad, Augustine. So um, all the Augustine and Amber, we're all yeah. related. Yeah, so we're related to Augustine and Massicot. And then my step grandfather was from um, um, Tobino. It's called, what is it? Um, close to Gomier. Um, yes, Fabien, Hugh Fabien. So he has all those, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of um, cousins, like my cousin Angie and Joan and a lot of, I, I can't even call everybody because I'm gonna be upset I didn't call them. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of family in Vegas. Yeah, and a lot of them I know, you know, like my Pawe, Soldier Boy, um, you know, I know them very well. And, I'm sorry? He's an Augustine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were really tight. I, I. I. really love. 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 Love him. You know. But yeah, quite a few. You know, some of the Leblancs, some of the Royes. Um. But um. You know, like Uncle Renick. You know. I. I don't want to mention too many names because I'm gonna get in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not even stopping you, man. Eh? You're gonna get yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. It was a pleasure, Mima. For um. Thanks for being on here, uh, with me, and I hope that. When you do launch whatever it is, mm -hmm. that you find another spot on Kakuti and let let the world know what is going on in Mamaland. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, Mamaland sounds really good. It sounds like Mamalade. Oh, see, my mom knew what she was doing when she hooked me up with the name Mama. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, Keisha Remy is saying yes. that. Um, Mema, you've always been an inspiration. Always look forward to seeing you and your sisters. Yes, um, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's always a pleasure, you know. Um, Keisha, I knew her when she was this little, and it's uh, you know, and she now is holding her own in Tibo and the community and being a teacher, and which is really nice, you know. Um, which is I admire teachers because I did it for a year. Maureen's like, we are related to JL. It's like, she, <laughs> like she thinks you don't know. Maureen, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> are you looking for cousin? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, um, but, but yeah, no, it's, um, oh, there's Mel. Yes, Melissa. Melissa's um, Melissa saying, great interview, Mema. She's the next Martha Stewart. I, you know, I was thinking that. <laughs> that's why I called it Mamaland. You know, oh, that's funny. Love that's you. Funny. Probably. Thanks, Mel. She, yeah, but Jill, I am so grateful that we connected, you know, because you are such an inspiring person as well. And I certainly admire confident, you know, forward thinking black women. You know, I think that you're empowering so many people and you don't even know it, honestly, you know, and um, keep on doing you and don't let anything stand in your way. And just the sky's the limit. You know, stick, stay the course. I know you're gonna get naysayers. People are gonna say, "Oh, you can't do that." You know, just, just block the noise. You know, and move forward. Block the noise. Absolutely. I've never been one to. Uh, I'm sorry. I've always. I, I, I mean, I fought with my father. You know about what I wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. For four years. Yeah. You know, for what I wanted to be. So yeah. I don't like if I am willing to, to. If I was willing to accept that I was losing as the, one of the most important relationships in my life, yeah, over what I wanted to be, I don't think anybody else can can do that. So, yeah. 
No, it's good. Oh, they can come and they can try. Yeah. Um, I I prefer to try and fail. Yes. That we've never done Abs- it. Absolutely. absolutely. And I'm okay with starting from scratch, which yeah. a lot of people they don't they don't they want to keep going up 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 up. Yeah. And eventually, you're gonna plateau. When you plateau, what happens? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't mind starting like I mean leaving Dominic and coming up here and you know or living here and going back home or or you know all the different changes in my life mm-hmm. and stuff um it doesn't trouble me one bit you know yeah. I and even when people disappoint me mm-hmm. when they they don't even realize how much they disappoint me they, yes. they don't even know how much of a favor they're doing me yes absolutely I, like yeah. I don't, I don't even look at a disappointment as a disappointment anymore. No. I look at it as next. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And you know what? Though we learn from all over experiences, whether they're good or bad, you know. And we just build on it. And I think yeah. once we're able to tell ourselves, like, you know what? This is a circumstance that I had no control over. This is what happened. It was a bad experience. That empowers me to move on to the next. And I think we should all learn from our mistakes and all learn from our positive or negative experiences. And that should fuel our next our next move, you know? So yeah, certainly. And I see Lloyd on here. I, yeah, I was I was a teacher. Yeah. I did. I taught really amazing kids like Emo, you know, Emily, you know, um, from Paybush and Yes, in Paybush. I was very young, 16, but I taught a lot of those kids in Penville also. And pay I'm. I feel so great hearing you, Mima. You are an inspiration. So a lot of people showing their love. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Mima, thanks for being here. No. Thanks for being my final, final show. I mean, it's it's always good to end with. I mean, not that all my guests have been great. I don't even want to like take my own horn, but all yeah. my guests are the show. Yeah, but um, it's good to you know end on a real positive note. And yes. I'm so thankful to to you for for coming on. Um, I remember we couldn't figure out a date for the interview. Is- yeah. We're going. I, I oh, how long ago did we book this? Like since August or something? Like- I know it was crazy because I was doing all kind of stuff, and I yeah. But yes, um, but I said I'm, I'm going to book the furthest out, and I think I'm really happy I did. I'm happy that you did, and. I'm, I'm, I recently connected with your brother, you know, and um, I, I love connecting with, 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 with family, with, you know, with you guys. You know, I love connecting with you. And I always, whenever you, I speak to you, that you and this one other person, whenever I speak to, I'm just, it kind of gives me like an extra boost of energy to just go out there. Like today when I, uh, when we did the test and after yeah. we were done, yeah. um, I had I had to like rush off because I had to go take my son um, to dance. I'm walking to take him because normally sometimes I drive drive him there. Sometimes yeah. I walk, yeah. but I'm glad I walked. I'm walking and I'm replaying our conversation back oh. in my head. And yeah. by the time I got back, I was like, "Shit, I have an idea." <laughs> See, it's good. And I was yeah. like, I was like, okay. yeah, it was all worth it. Yeah, and we thought, and we said it was just small talk. <laughs> no, but it's good. And anytime you need to reach out, anytime you need some type of boost, please just text me. You know, email, call. You know, or anytime if you want to come, 
hang out in California, come see Silicon Valley and experiences. Yeah. Really, it's nice. It's it's actually cold. People think it's warm in California, but it's actually very cold here. Really? Yeah. It's right now about 50, 50 degrees. Well, please. <laughs> so you might not. <laughs> yeah, break out on my mind. As you go out the jump 50 degrees. <laughs> But, you know, but sometimes it's getting really hot. I mean, it, in the summer, like it gets... A, like a little neck. Give me a break. I can't even feel my boots on there. You're going to tell me about you. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know, it's still... There's still a lot to do. People still find a way to bike and hike in that cold weather. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, nice. Somebody else is saying, um, raise the empress is saying, proud of you. Um, oh, sure. thanks. The Empress Augustine is saying proud of you. Mema, it's yeah, been a pleasure. Cousin, of thanks, <laughs> thanks yes. guys. Every single one of you who locked into the show, I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you yes. for, um, for entrusting me every every single week with your with your your data, your internet, you know, your Wi-Fi. <laughs> you you've <laughs> taken your time out of your schedules to actually yeah. listen to me. listen to me talk shite. You know, listen to me. Um, spread love, listen to me, inspire others, listen to me yes. with guests, yes. phenomenal guests, you know, people who are achieving, people yes. who want to, to want more out of life, people who want to give back. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for, for tuning in every single week. I yeah. or every time I've been on. It was a difficult, it was very difficult um deciding on what to do with Kako Tea this season because um coming out of my very first season and then getting into my school vibe i was like gosh uh, yeah so old and and then start back and something said to me you know what you could do it every two weeks man um uh, it comes natural you can you can figure it out it really is not much work yeah like to tell thank you the the most the most work is actually sitting there for the hour the hour and a half that is the most work yeah. because i'm away from my kids you know and, and you know totally i totally understand to help me, you know, with them and stuff. So, so that is the most work out of the entire. No, I totally understand. Right, and yeah. and you guys have constantly come on, and you've you've shared the videos, you've gone back and listened. There was an issue with the iTunes um part. Yeah. So send me a message on Instagram, and she's like, "Girl, like I'm trying to listen to you on, on iTunes, and I'm not getting through. What's going on? I need to call Apple." Yeah. Yes, that's good. You you gotta get people to subscribe too to your channel. I've been asking Dominicans are the hardest. Asking them to share a damn freaking yes, because you need those listens. Up a block. You need those listens so you can start making money on your podcast. Like <laughs> tell them that all they have to do is hit subscribe to help out her sister. You absolutely, absolutely. That's all yeah. you got. Just hit subscribe when you listen. Yeah, on yeah. they can yeah. also. Facebook. They can also listen on Castbox, you know, as well. Yes, and, and they can know, subscribe. Yeah, like, like, just do the thing and help yeah. out a sister, you know. Absolutely. All they have to do is hit the little button. We, how many of them on the time that they hit share? I can I count. I can count on one hand probably how many of them that hit share. It's so it's it seems like it's so much of a hard thing. All they have to do. Hit share or hit subscribe or, or like 
Oh, oh, they they go on Cardi B page and they love like 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 how much times? But you know, well, <laughs> you know what, Yale? It's okay. Your turn will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and and I'm grateful to them for just coming on and yeah. and looking and viewing, checking out the show, sharing absolutely. it probably, or, or, or talking to somebody. As long as somebody mentions it, I'm okay with that. That's you know? good. And I think you're building a reputation. I think next year you're going to have a really good season. Thank you very much, Nina. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't started planning. I'm going to take the next six weeks to plan um, the next season. Absolutely. You should uh, have Carlton on. Maybe, you know? Well, yeah, you know, like, we'll see. We'll talk. Yes, yes. yes. Um, I, I've been, I've been working a lot, you know, um, like speaking to my professor a lot, you know, about stuff that I want to do, you know, and yo, the, the professors at Ryerson, I swear they believe, they really believe in their students, eh? Um, I, I know you love your Carlton University, but I'm telling you, yo, the professors at Ryerson, they really yeah. are like, yes. I have a professor called Kevin, who's just like, he wants you to be the best yes that's good and like i i remember him marking my one of my papers and stuff and and emailing me while he was marking oh, wow. like, were you in trouble he's like what is this he put what does this mean what does this mean right and he puts on top of stuff like are you talking gibberish <laughs> Like, I mean, how do you respond to that? <laughs> I absolutely love it. That's right? Good. I absolutely love it. I love, you know, I love when people give me advice and exactly. good advice. Constructive. Absolutely. I can appreciate yeah. that. You know, yeah. bring it on if it's constructive. If you want yeah. to talk in my head, if you're not doing anything that can improve it, yeah. what I'm doing, if you can't do better than what I'm doing or tell me something better, shut your mouth. I don't yeah. want to hear it. You understand? You know, I, you're a pretty authentic person. So it's like what you see is what you get. So I think, you know, if your teacher knows you, then he knows this is the way to get you to, you know, to listen. He, he just, he keeps it 100. You yeah. Know, with his students and stuff. And I, I feel like, I, I feel like some, at, at the beginning of my semester, I was like, boy, did I really want to do this? Yeah. And But towards the end, I was like, oh my God, I did it. Yeah. And I felt so excited about about it, you know, like yeah. about my grades and everything. I was like, and Ryerson is a very, very good school for journalism. Yes. So you're in, yeah, you're in the right top, space. Top, I mean, top, top. Yes. It's one of the top in Canada. So, so I think you chose well, and I just see, I see success on the horizon for you. I certainly see you, you know, doing your thing, you know, flaying. Hey, hey, I was born I was born to slay. <laughs> Absolutely. And you do it well. So just Thank continue you. being you. I mean, I'm just so thrilled to know you, you know, such a breath of fresh air and so inspiring. Thank you, guys. And thanks, guys. Thank you. Without the fans, yo, I cannot do this. Yes, absolutely. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to my family yeah, and friends. <laughs> Yes, yes. The, yes your, your family's sports really don't joke. All uh, of them on the time. I hope all of them appreciate. Oh, I Maureen know. said she'll be listening, so that's good. I mean, she'll be listening to your show. She'll subscribe. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Guys, until Take next care. year, don't forget tomorrow I'm going to be on with the promotions um, promotions happening in Dominica for the Christmas season. So we're going to be doing some promos and possibly some giveaways. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. I'll only be on for like half the time, less than half the time. You know, so I'm encouraging you guys to tune in. And um, thank oh, you, yeah. guys. You know, thank you. Take care. Thank you very much, Take guys. Until next time. Bye-bye. Take care, Mima. Take care. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.